0: and welcome to Cardboard in the Classroom. This is a podcast about using board games in the classroom to bridge a student's understanding and engagement with the purpose to richen their learning experience. This episode of Cardboard in the Classroom is brought to you by the fantastic people at gamesurplus.com. Hey there, this is episode two of Cardboard in the Classroom. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about diplomacy and. For Sale. Bridge City Board Gamers are proud to identify the good, the bored, and the ugly as our Cardboard Cohorts. In this growing community, it's important to create relationships that help you learn, grow, and support one another you can find their podcast on iTunes and their channel on YouTube where they produce and create new content every week. All right, welcome back. Like we said in the intro, we're going to talk about diplomacy and for sale, so I'll go f- I'll start us off first. Sounds um, good. Yay. So we um, The three-step structure that I created before was uh, classroom context, was uh, and then after that was analog application, and then after that is the instructional design. So that's the filtering process that we're going to use to analyze the games and uh, how we're going to use them in the classroom. So classroom context for me. The classroom was uh, grade 11 history. The unit was causes of World War One, and the lesson was... Let's put it this way. The volatility of the Alliance system. So the analog application for that was I selected the game Diplomacy, which was released in 1959. Holy smokes. I can't believe it's already that old. I'm proud to say that I wasn't even born yet. (laughs) Not even close for me. (laughs) Um, it was designed by Alan Culhamer. I hope I'm saying that properly. And it was published by the Avalon Hill Game Company. Um, the game Diplomacy is basically a negotiation alliance system game. So that was the first reason why I went straight to that game. And because of the thematic context, it is uh, pre-World War I. So, I, you know, it just... Basically, the planets aligned themselves for me with this game. Um, and now we'll bring it, bring us to instructional design. Before I do that though, I want to ask you, um, your experience with Diplomacy.
1: Um, I've played it a, a, fi- a few times and yeah, <laughs> there's been some pretty heated arguments or not,
0: not necessarily any friendship ruined, but uh, there, there's been a couple tables that have been flipped. Some tension. <laughs> Um, Well, we'll talk about the tension I noticed in class and the, uh, how shall I say, the talking down of certain emotions. Um, Okay, so the instructional design part in this part is um, how will uh, we learn the game and uh, distribute the play? The second idea is what ideas and concepts am I trying to reinforce or expand on? How will I evaluate the success of the activity and how will I evaluate the student's understanding of the connection that uh, is being made between the lesson and the activity. So how we start, the time that I took to uh, for us to learn the game, anybody who's played this game understands that it can be a very long game. So I wanted to make sure that as uh, the leader or game master, that I gave them just enough information to get us going right away. Um, because I'm not a big fan of wasting time learning a game. I just like to get right into it and learn as we go. And I think you're nodding your head like you're the same same type of player.
1: Yeah, like I'll do all my research ahead of time so that when it comes to game night, I can get that. I've got that teached right down. I've got the bare bones to get everybody just right into the game and playing right away.
0: The, uh, the prep that I did as well is I sent uh, the kids uh, information on Board Game Geek about the game. Uh, a couple of uh, really useful uh, how-to-plays on YouTube, and it was up to them to do their uh, prep work. So when we got into the classroom, I explained the process of the game, the steps, the objectives, and um, the game has a six-player game, so I divided the class into six um, groups of students, and those six groups of students, uh, each group would be sort of like a committee that would decide the outcome of their country's actions um what i mean what ideas that i want to enforce like i said before it was this alliance system the idea of the volatility of this alliance system and uh what can happen the dynamics that can happen through this system Um, how how will i evaluate the success of this activity well a lot of it was just through sheer observation of the activity and i'm going to bring you in on this too because uh at the time uh, I was across the hall from Ryan, so he was able to, one, hear us because there was a lot of volume, <laughs> and uh, two, just walked across the hall and, and, and as an outsider just like, see, the, uh, see the energy that was going on. Um, what I saw is that there was complete engagement by every spectrum of student from the students that sit right in front of the class to the students that are the ones sitting in the back corner, every one of them, was interested and engaged in this activity what were your uh
1: yeah i I saw the i saw the same thing The, the the level of engagement was uh was through the roof um they were in their own groups they were all conversing with one another even the ones that aren't really outspoken or anything they were putting their input saying well no you guys didn't think about this we should be going over here we should be talking to those people and then yeah, then having them to actually go and actually having to talk to another group and everything. And, yeah, it was it was
0: really sweet to see. What I appreciated in that, too, was the um, outside expectations of the classroom. And it wasn't the stuff that I'm referring to related to the content. It was more so the social dynamic and the students understanding that a lot of things that they're going to do outside of school requires a... Intelligent and wise social understanding of people, and I think that was an interesting group experience for them because they were randomly put into groups so oh, yeah yeah I, I always refer to this that that the hidden
1: curriculum really came out in in this activity on how do i how do I talk professionally to people how do i just how do I be a human
0: being um, pretty pretty much how do I respect the opinions of others how do yeah. I process yeah. Um, the information, how do I present to a group my idea and opinion without... Um, Burning neg- any bridges. Yeah, negating anybody else's opinion. So I, I really appreciated that part. Um, what I also saw too was the level of competition amongst those students. Oh, this is the best part. Once they came together, um, it, was, it was eat or be eaten. And I, uh, every morning I had to put on the board... The phrase "Don't take it personally" because it's not personal, and I kept having to take because I could just see, you know, blush responses going off and and jaws tightening up and and people getting upset because they um, how shall I say were efficiently stabbed in the back several times by broken alliances. Or they would come from your classroom into my classroom the next period, and they would still be jawing
1: and jarring at each other, and I had to say, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> I'm glad you guys are
0: having a great time with that with Mr. LeBage's activity, but we have to focus on math now. Here, history (laughs) is done; math is started now. Um, The yeah, the to me, the observational part was incredible because, like I said, each one of them were completely engaged with um, playing the game, and that's. I mean, it comes back to something I learned from uh, a. Educator from Finland, Passy Salzberg, who Mm. always um, basically promoted the idea of structured play. A lot of learning can come from structured play. So, this was uh, the one thing that I noticed right away that there was no obstacles for me to be able to communicate to them concepts from my curriculum. Um, They were open because they were having fun. I was tricking them. We don't do that. As no, teachers. we don't do that. Don't. Uh, so the um, and of course, I mean, with any activity as a as a teacher and a professional, I want to be able to have some sort of documentation to go back on and determine from from an outside eye if this was a successful activity. So what I created um, was this formative type of assessment um, that we refer to as kind of exit slips, where you ask them questions. Kind of speed round of questions what was the what was the most important thing that you learned today? what was or is something that you want to learn more of? What is something that you um, want to continue with and I saw a lot of interesting responses from students that didn 't really communicate vocally in class, but given the fact that i that I allowed them to have this experience, they gave me some interesting input in regards to how this activity connected with the alliance system and they all made the connection that I wanted them to make which was that this alliance system being part of the main causes of World War I was a significant element in the, the start up of World War I which comes into we teach um, a concept called MAIN uh, militarism or militarization Uh, Alliance system, imperialism, and nationalism. So out of those four, this game basically showed them the, like I keep using the word volatility because that's exactly what happened in class when students had alliances that were broken. Things went volatile. And again, I have to refer to the, the quote on the board, don't take it personally because it's not personal. Any, uh, any 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 uh, uh, last commentaries about your outside uh, view on this? Uh no, yeah, you you, you nailed
1: you nailed the points. As in it was an engaging activity. It's it's an experience that the students are going to take away with, and um, they're 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 going to look back on that now and they're going to probably think of that as probably one of the best things that they did in their high school career because it, it was just so engaging and they got the point. They yeah. got
0: the point. Yeah, because I keep, I mean, for me, as, at least as, a, as an educator, there's so much research that says if you read something, you only retain a certain percentage. If you hear something, you retain a certain percentage. If you do something, you retain a lot more information than had you just read about it, heard about it, or talked about it. The experiential part to me um, is something that's overlooked all the time in education. So I was, for, for my conclusion about this, I was very happy... The only thing that I would change if I had to change something, and, I, and I'm going to, is to shorten down the time. because mm. yeah, I, It's a very long game. It's, oh, we didn't even play the whole game. We only played to a certain point so, until I determined that, yes, we understand the point I'm trying to make. Uh, a lot of them were not upset, but kind of, you know, let's finish this off. And, and, and then I explained to them that we're not even a third of the way through. And then, of course, their jaws hit the table. But my point was made in regards to this idea that the volatility of the aligned system. So I was very happy with that. I'm going to close by saying that this is going to remain in my portfolio of cardboard in the classroom activities. And I'm going to now transition this to Mr. Rao and mathematics.
1: So I'm gonna talk about a little game that I brought in. Literally it's a little game. It's tiny. <laughs> a couple of decks of cards and some coins. I'm gonna talk about the game for sale. And the the classroom connection that I wanted to make was this. Uh we were coming to the end of our probability section. And we're gonna be introducing our next section, which was gonna be all about uh, personal financing and budgeting. So I thought for sale I'm was still going trying to work on that. <laughs> Everybody. I'm just so glad that we're actually teaching personal finance in, in mathematics classes, which is fantastic. So For Sale does both of these things actually fairly, fairly well. First thing is that very first phase of the game where you are auctioning off the property cards. There will be a set, set of property cards out, and every student or every player has the exact same amount of money. To, uh, to spend during this phase. This was the introduction to budgeting because I told them, "This is all the money that you have for this entire <laughs> game," and so and we have to go through this stack of there, there there's thirty cards numbered one to one through thirty, and only a certain amount of them come out every time. So like if it was a six player game, only six cards come out. So we're going to go through that deck only a few
0: times. Let, let um, me guess, their limited budget only came into understanding when they ran out of money.
1: Oh, yeah, because the very first round, it says,
0: I bid one, two,
1: five, eight. I was like, ooh, you guys already spent about half your money now. Well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, what's going to the, the, happen in the future rounds? Oh, we're not going to be able to get very good stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh. So even just after
0: the first couple rounds. Learning objective one,
1: check. Check. They, they, they already understand the importance of, hey, I have a finite amount of money. And I have to make it last for an, a, a period of time, in this case, four or five rounds of, of, of the cards. So that is a great, so I'm gonna bring come back to that idea throughout this entire section of, of, of the budgeting process. The second thing that I got, them, uh, got the hit was this idea of probabilities. Good. The, the, the second phase is that there, are, there there's money cards that I'm gonna, now I'm gonna use my property cards to trade in for money. And automatically, the very first question that all the kids asked was, well, what's the range of numbers? And I said, well, they range from 0 to 15. And they're like, okay, and how many of each are there? I'm like, well, I think there's about two cards of each. And all the cards are going to come out? Well, in a six-player game, yes, you're going to see all the cards. Ah. So then I laid out the first round, and yeah, there's a couple. Of, most, most of them were the mid-range, so they're like, well, do I, do I spend my big card now? Or do I save my big card for when the 15s come out? Can I just put
0: down a lower card and get something? The thought process, I didn't even have to teach that. And to explain to them that they've created a formula and they're plugging in variables would would not, I mean, it would blow them away. Oh, yeah. They they were already making these
1: connections already. And I didn't even have to try it. I, that was going to be part of my lesson. I was, I was just going to teach them. I said, well, I'll take a look at the board and say, do I want to play my, but they already did that for they me. They did that leap. That's awesome. Which was like, I, I, I was blown away by that. So then they're like, yeah, so some of them played their more, their mid and low cards, and then the next round, the higher cards came out, and then they're like, wait a minute, who had the 30? Who had the 29? And then and then they started doing that old meta game thing of like, oh, now I got to play a little bit of a memory game of who bought what in the future round, and are they going to play it now? Or are they not going to play it now? It was fantastic. So um, the analog application of using for sale, this was... This this met my expectations through the roof. They were so engaged. So, so, I mean, it's obvious that it was a success with the students. And the great thing about it is that it's it's a fairly short game. The the playtime was only about, like, 15, 20 minutes if they're really, really dragging it out. So they were able to play at least two or three games in the class period so that they could actually look at the first game was a bit of a learning curve, especially for the people that blew all their money in the very first round. And then... So yeah, so being able to play at least two or three times in a row got them a little bit better of an understanding of okay. Then the next games, the budgeting, well, they, they, they were more conservative. I was just going to say way more conservative.
0: In the in the continued games, were they able to develop sort of gaming theories and go, I'm going to try this this time and I'm going to try this this time. Yeah, and then that made the connection to budgeting too. If you you make a budget the
1: first time around and you it it, it doesn't work out well, you're going to have to make some changes. And so they started making those adjustments in the future games, they are like, okay, I didn't spend all my money at the beginning of the month, I'm going to wait until maybe the mid or towards the end of the month. And the best thing about it was too, is if you have money left over, well that money is going to count towards your final score. So they're like, oh, well I'll just put that into savings. I that's, didn't even use that term. That's I brilliant. I didn't even use that term, they started using that term themselves.
0: So, this, so they made they made that connection immediately without having any guidance or facilitating, yeah, so now it's kind of an incentive of now we're kind of doing some
1: more formal things in the classroom where they're going to be analyzing pre made budgets and they're kind of tracking their spending, but when they're done they're they're kind of their quote unquote homework they want to brother they're like, can we go get for sale I'm like yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that. It's so, so they're requesting to practice their math through a board game. Exactly, I love it. I
1: I, I love it too. So, in my conclusion, uh, we've got as the, as the math department leader here at the school, I, I purchased a class set of for sale, so that other teachers may try to maybe experience this if they end up teaching this type of class or um,
0: further down the road. So, oh, before we forget. Um, I think you had mentioned before that you created like a gaming journal for them so that they could. Oh yeah, that that was going to be my assessment. Oh, piece of, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, my assessment piece well, was the. We'll call that a segue.
1: <laughs> perfect, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, my I created a gaming journal for them to kind of record their thoughts, and I just kind of give them uh, opportunity, like they record the score of the game. Uh, they have to analyze as, was it advantageous to be the first player in the auction round? Um, I asked them kind of a generic, "What's the link between that very first phase in the game and the budgeting process?" Um, I asked them a little bit, of, a little bit about, uh, "Give me an example where you maybe used a a probability um, to determine kind of like what you were going to do in the game." And so they, 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 they and they took some time. They took some time for to, to record their thoughts on this. And
0: when you read the reflections, were you able to have a glimpse into? you know what was what they were thinking in their head if they did make this solid connection or if they were if they were on their road to making this yeah, connection yeah well they were either
1: on the road or they already made the connection with the budgeting piece the probability piece kind of is still a little bit of a work in process um i might just use this as just a straight um budgeting activity yeah uh, but in, you've in created a foundation though yeah most of them were already starting to look at that aspect of the probability of hey, I've already got some information out there. Six cards have come out. None of the big cards have come out. So that means the, the chances are that those probability cards are coming in the next round, a little bit higher. That was a great
0: connect that I saw most of the students make. And I'm going to come back to what I had mentioned before about this experiential learning. Did you see that the, their experience doing this game helped, understand, helped them their understanding or reinforce what you're trying to do from a textbook? Yeah, this totally reinforced the fact of what it, what does it
1: mean to have a budget? And it totally, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> I, I I can only re- re- recite the definition of a budget a million times, and I can give them spreadsheets upon examples, upon dryness. Upon. Case studies and case studies, yeah. But then to actually create an activity or have something that's there that they can actually do and participate in, Way, by, I, I've got a, like this group of students. Is, they're they're not our all stars in in, in in the school by by a long shot. They're, this is a, this is a math class that they need in order to graduate. Like they're they're not going to want to be doing. They're not going to be want to be accountants. They're kind of these are the guys. They're they're going to be into our workforce and construction workers and but welders. In, into
0: and, the context of their experience, this is an important component.
1: This was and anytime the way I think we link things to personal. Like personal finance and life skills, like that, students jump on it just like that.
0: Awesome. So, you're, uh, let's get let's get you some closing remarks in regards to the for sale as a component in this sort of classroom and the uh, cardboard in the classroom toolbox. Well, it, it's always going to be there.
1: I'm not I'm not going to get rid of this game. It meets the the introductory requirement that I want in in, in that budgeting process and the personal finance. Um, it's not going off the shelf unless if I come up with a, or else if I find a better game. I don't think there's really one out there right now because this one has a couple components that it's really easy to teach, and it's very fast to play. So those type of things are great um, examples of, of of good classroom activity.
0: Well, that's excellent. Um, so two successes: diplomacy in the history classroom, success for sale in the math room, math classroom success awesome well let's take this as an opportunity to close it up Um, we are Bridge City Board Gamers and I am your host Norm and I am the oh I I thought I had something I'm Ryan (laughs) I'm
1: just going to leave it with that it's early in the morning
0: and uh, we'll catch (laughs) you later thanks for listening bridge city board gamers and you can find us on twitter at BC board gamers on our youtube channel bridge city board gamers and our facebook page saskatoon tabletop games community